At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 458th episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Today on our podcast, we have someone who brings concentrated, jam-packed garden education to life. We're talking with returning guest Stacy Murphy about this year's Superfood Garden Summit. Stacy has helped tens of thousands of new gardeners from six continents grow vegetables and herbs in small spaces and enjoy a green lifestyle nourished with fresh, homegrown food. With her holistic garden system, she teaches what to grow in any climate. Stacy is a garden geek, having grown food since 1979, and her superpower is packing literally tons of vegetables and herbs into tight spaces. Featured on Martha Stewart Radio and PBS's Growing a Greener World, Stacy believes growing food organically is the best health plan for people, communities, and the earth. Stacy, this is your fourth visit to the podcast. Welcome back to the show. So great to be here, Greg. I just appreciate that you're on the same path with the same mission of more homegrown food for just a healthy, happy planet. So, yeah. so I'm grateful to be here. Yeah, and it's it's our path, and it is so much fun. Thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Yeah. So you can you bring us up to speed with what's been happening with you since we last chatted? Oh my goodness, we're so excited. Uh, we've been planning behind the scenes an exciting event for beginning gardeners called the Superfood Garden Summit. And this event, it really came about because I realized there's all this talk about superfoods. And these are the plants that are supercharged with tons of nutrients that are great for our brain. They're great to prevent chronic diseases. They help us keep a healthy digestive system. They make us feel light and alive. And there's all this talk about these superfoods. And I realized that a lot of them are plants that we grow right at home in our garden. Mm. And so, yeah, so what a great opportunity to, to share with the world a Superfood Garden Summit. And we've got over a dozen garden visionaries who are going to walk people through step-by-step step what to do so that they know exactly what to expect on their path when they're growing their homegrown harvest. Nice. So why you are becoming the queen of gardening summits. This is your, what, third or fourth one? Why? Oh, goodness. Why, <laughs> why, why do garden summits? So I think garden summits are, are really important because if you look at the way garden wisdom has been passed down from generation to generation, it's been, we've been passing down this wisdom for thousands of years. And the best way to learn how to grow food is to see what's been done before you, because there's thousands of years of people experimenting and working with plants and understanding how plants work. And this is your fastest path to actually having success in the garden is by following the footsteps of the masters that have come before you. And speaking of which, it's like 
we're all we're all growing food and we're all gaining this plant wisdom. And the importance of a community is so powerful. In nature, it's all about biodiversity, right? It's about all the plants working together to to create a healthy soil to provide bigger harvests. And so when we come together in a summit and we share all of this wisdom, the combined efforts of all these people to reach hundreds of thousands of people is just really powerful. And then also all the voices, the diverse voices are so important in the food movement. And knowing that wherever you are in the world, there's somebody that's going to speak your language, who's going to talk to your heart and your soul about why gardening is important and exactly how to do it. So I feel like the summit is a really beautiful way to mimic what's going on in nature and all the biodiversity in the garden and the power of that. So you said something really interesting that had me pause a moment ago. It's like, wow. And that is, you know, in previous centuries, this wisdom has been passed down by telling stories. Yeah. And so really what you've done in your summits is you've wrapped up these stories and you share them with many thousands of people. So you, this is just a new technology way to pass the, you know, pass this knowledge on. Exactly. hundred percent. So in thinking back over your past summits, what is one of the most exciting things that that you remember? What, what really like spoke to you and said, oh my gosh, this is the reason I do this? <laughs> well, I can think of two specific things. So the first is last year's summit, we did something a little bit new and we had, uh, we use a technology that people can use no matter whether they're in a rural location or in a city because everybody's got a different Wi-Fi speed. And so we used a technology that everybody could view, and there was a chat box. And inside the chat box, people were talking to each other from all around the world, and they were sharing, besides watching the presentations that were going on, they were sharing tips among each other. And people like you were in the chat box alongside the presentations. So they, the people who came to the event got to interact with the presenters in real time, which was really exciting. And what happened in that was that people wanted the entire chat box. They wanted that as a book. It was that valuable. Oh, wow. that convers- yeah, that conversation was that valuable that they wanted access to that for life. And so the community was so strong. And what came out of that community, we also have a Harvest Club membership online. And that's a technology that we use inside the membership to keep people connected. And people just really love it because they can gain so much knowledge from somebody who is on the other side of the world, but actually in a very similar climate as them. Okay, cool. That's number one. You said there were two things that you remembered. Oh, the second thing is, I love the story of Gina. So Gina found us last year during the summit and she got super energized. She's wanted a gardener whole life and she basically had been dragging her heels a bit and trying to get the perfect place and the perfect, you know, everything aligned. And she kicked herself off and in the last year, since the last Garden Summit, it, she's at a point now where her family never liked vegetables before. They're like, why do you want to grow a garden? What's the point? We don't even like vegetables. And her husband now only wants to harvest the vegetables from the garden to cook with. He's the chef of the family. He's 100% convinced that the garden is delicious. And her daughter, who one day they 
had to go to the grocery store to pick up some greens for something. They had run out in the garden and they brought them home and they made them. And her daughter rejected the store-bought greens <laughs> and said <laughs> and said that the garden tasted so much better. So uh, I just love that somebody from last year's summit, it really motivated them to get started on a, on a project that they had been wanting to do their whole life. And they thought that they were in it alone, that their family wasn't going to really enjoy it. And now the family is 100% on board, too. So those are the two things that I really look to. And I say that's the reason why we are doing the summit. <laughs> yeah, that is one of the big pieces of input that I get in the world as well. You know, we, we have almost 500 episodes of the podcast going out all over the world. And I hear from people all the time giving me high fives and thank you so much. I didn't know that this existed. So that's a virtual pat on the back for both of us. Yeah, and I'm sure you've heard it before, Greg, where just one thing that you said just changed somebody's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just one sentence and it something clicks and they take action and they go for it. So that's why we do this, right? Yeah, exactly. So we have the Superfood Garden Summit coming up this July. I'm actually going to be one of the presenters again this year. I'm very excited about that. On the sign-up page, it says, Nourish Yourself with 12 of the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet grown right at home. Can you give me a sense of how we make the most nutrient-dense food in our gardens? Yeah, that's a great question. So here's the deal. For a lot of people, when they're just getting started thinking about growing food, like they might be a fresh food lover, but they're not yet a gardener. And what I go back to is a lot of people don't necessarily know that when the plant is cut, when something is harvested from the garden, that plant or that food that just got harvested, it begins to die a little bit every moment. And so when you think about the food at the grocery store, it's essentially been on trucks on, on, and on the shelves for several weeks, and it's been dying a little bit every day, and those nutrients are being lost a little bit at a time. So really, uh, the big thing here is that by growing them at home, that's a huge step. You're, you're greatly diminishing the, the distance between the harvest and your plate. It can literally be picking something and putting it in your mouth. That can be how short it, it could be from plant to harvest or mm-hmm. plant to eating. Plus, it tastes that's, better, right? Right. And so that's, that's what I like to share with people is all of those nutrients, that's where the flavor comes from. <laughs> So by growing it right at home, everything always tastes better. So we'll, and we'll share with you at, during the Superfood Garden Summit, we have a soil expert to show you exactly what you need to do in your garden in order to make sure that you get the most nutrient-dense food that you're growing right in your garden. Nice. So we have a soil expert and we have a fruit tree aficionado, that would be me. Who else do we have on the, uh, on the summit? Yeah, so we've got people talking, and I just want to give a shout-out to farmers for all their work over the years of passing on organic traditions from from generation to generation. So we've got a series of farmers, professional farmers, who are growing things like sweet potatoes, elderberries, garlic, and those folks will be joining us on the summit. We've got people who are professional homesteaders like Melissa Norris, who's going to be talking about blueberries, who are like a supercharged food right there. We've got gardeners, home gardeners, who are just master gardeners, people like Kevin Espiritu, who's going to share microgreens, which are important part of people's diet as well. And we've got lots of medicinal herbalists 
who are going to share their knowledge as well for how to address a lot of common ailments. Awesome. And I just recently interfaced with Kevin. What a riot he is. We've got a couple of podcasts coming out with his content. So that'll, he, he's, he's going to be a great presenter for you. Yeah. And I should say that there's one presentation that I'm pretty excited for. And I just want to give a little shout out here to an ancient superfood that has just been rediscovered. And that is tiger nuts. And it's got a funny name. What's the <laughs> name nuts. of it? Tiger Nuts. Tiger Nuts. Okay. <laughs> and we won't give it away here. You should come check it out at the summit. But it's an ancient superfood that people are just now discovering, and it grows like a weed. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice, nice, nice. So of these 12 most nutrient-rich foods that we can grow right at home, what's your favorite? Well, I have to say my favorite, personally, I'm always a big greens fan. And the reason I'm a big greens fan, so when I say greens, I'm talking about both microgreens, but also all of your green plants like kale and collard and chard. Uh, We're going to go through those plants at the summit, as well as some celery and parsley, growing a a sort of five-flavor green garden. And the reason why I love greens is as a whole, they once you know how to grow one of them, you know how to grow most of them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and they don't take up a whole lot of space. So really, you can grow them anywhere. And the microgreens, you can even grow indoors. If you have no outdoor space, you can grow them right on your countertop. And, you know, they're fast. A lot of the greens, once you plant them, you can start harvesting them almost immediately. And microgreens are ready in about two weeks. So those plants are always my favorite because they're just chock full of B vitamins. They're great for you. And then they're just so easy and you don't need a lot of space. So those are always my number one go-to plants whenever anybody says, what should I begin with? They're easy. That's where, that's where anybody should begin. On the other end of the spectrum, the other really interesting vegetable for me is sweet potatoes. And it takes longer to grow a sweet potato. So you have to wait a good 90 days to grow sweet potatoes. But that waiting is so worth it because sweet potatoes are basically one of the, the most nutrient-dense plants or vegetables on the planet. I've heard that you I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a doctor. I don't claim to be one on the internet. But I've heard that you can pretty much exist off of sweet potatoes and get most of your nutrients. Wow. So, you know, people think about all their fiber. It's, it's a lot of fiber. It's your complex carbohydrates. It's got 400% of your vitamin A. It's got 12% of your potassium. So the same amount of potassium in a banana you can get in a cup of sweet potato. So people, there's a lot of nutrients that people look to other vegetables for, but a sweet potato really has the full spectrum. Wow. <laughs> And they're fairly simple to grow. Yeah, the beautiful part of sweet potato, you do have to wait. You have to have a little bit of patience. But during that time, you really don't have to do anything. As long as you have temperatures that are warmer, mm-hmm. you basically just let it grow. And what's really cool about John Moody, who's going to be talking about sweet potatoes on the summit, is he shares a couple tips for growing them in containers. So you don't even need a yard to grow Ooh, them. You can grow them right on a porch. Nice. And he, and he also shares his methods for getting five times the harvest from a single plant than many other growers because he's been a farmer of sweet potatoes for lots mm-hmm. of years. 
one of the things, so sweet potatoes just grow wild in the yard here at the urban farm. Uh, right That's in, amazing. Yeah, right in the middle of Phoenix. And I can imagine some of what some of those tips might be because one of the things that happens with a sweet potato is you plant it and then it starts spreading. And yep. the, the more it spreads, the more it spreads out the size of the sweet potatoes, they get smaller and they get more spread out. So yep. I would think maybe concentrating sweet potatoes in containers would have them be more prolific. You are right on track and he'll share more on the summit. Yeah. Excellent. I just made that up. <laughs> The beauty part is once you know how plants work and you watch and you observe, you start to see some of these tricks unfold for yourself, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, the, you know, I tell people all the time that growing food is one great big grand adventure, an experiment. You just need to jump in and observe, observe a lot and try something. It's just a plant. Figure yeah. it out, right? And, <laughs> yeah. And, and I like to add on to that is, Oftentimes when we're growing a vegetable garden, people think about the yield being the harvest. They're like, oh, I'm growing this because I want the tomato or I want the sweet potato or I want the greens. And so then they measure their success based on whether or not they got what they think they should get out of the harvest. But the reality is it's like, who are you becoming and how much fun are you having in this process mm. and what are you learning? And oftentimes those are just as exciting in terms of what you get out of the process. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And so I'm, I'm on your Superfood Garden Summit website and I see that you're presenting Simple Ginger and Turmeric for the garden in garden containers. Tell me about that. This was a presentation that I was really inspired to put together because I realized that so many of the superfoods that are out there, there's actually not a lot of information online about how to grow these successfully. And so there's some plants that are well-loved and there's tons of videos online, tons of do-it-yourself. And what I was noticing about ginger and turmeric is that because it takes a little bit longer for this plant to really produce, that there wasn't as much good information online. So I wanted to do a presentation to show people how simple it can be. And ginger and turmeric are very similar in the way that they grow. And they are generally similar to sweet potatoes in that they are a waiting game if you know what they like. So mm -hmm. during that presentation, I'm going to share with folks the kind of habitat to put those plants in and how to grow them throughout the year. You can bring them indoors and outdoors, and I'm going to share all of that during that presentation. You've interfaced with tens of thousands of people around the world. You've put on four or five or six summits. You've had an opportunity to meet and talk to a lot of people. What is your number one lesson in all this? Yeah, my number one lesson is really simple. It's this. It, when there is a will, there is a way. And I'm sure somebody much smarter was said that before I ever said that. Mm -hmm. um, but when you think about all the climates of the world, what happens when new people start thinking about growing food is they start to say, oh, well, that works for them over there because they have that climate. Or, you know, oh, that could never work for me. My growing season is too short. Oh, that could never work for me. I live in the mountains and every day it's a different climate oh, you know, I live in Florida and it's so hot and humid. So there's so many folks who want to grow food and then they look at their climate and they, they, they feel like their conditions are less than ideal. Mm -hmm. And what I've noticed about all the people, once they start to get the bug and they grow one thing, they just take one little baby step and they grow one thing, 
all of a sudden, the desire to have the fresh food, the, they know that it's more flavorful. They get hooked on the green lifestyle of being outside and watching the honeybees pollinate the garden and picking food fresh. They get kind of, they get that bug. And then all of a sudden, anything is possible. And we, I work with people, some of my students, I have one student in New York City who has dwarfs citrus trees in a greenhouse. And, you know, most people don't grow citrus outside of California. But for this person, it was very important that they wanted to grow their own citrus. And so they found a way and they created the habitat for it. I've got growers who are in the mountains where their climate is different every day. You know, something crazy happens. And they have techniques now at a drop of a hat where they can make it so that the conditions are better. And people in Florida realizing that, oh, you know, my climate in the summer may be hot and humid and I might get a lot of mold and fungal issues. But if I grow in the winter when it's still warm, I actually can grow all those same things much more easily. So I feel like there's once there's the the realization that the person wants the fresh food on their table and they want it they want to be able to go out and pick it and put it on their plate anything after that becomes possible really yeah, <laughs> yeah well and, and i've noticed that here in phoenix it's not the best time to grow in july august and september it's just too dang hot so yeah. that we generally don't grow then and that just came from trial and error yeah, and why fight it? Just go with it. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, we, we human beings think we know how to do it better than nature, right? And, <laughs> and it's one great big uphill battle, so. Yeah, I like to remind people that plants want to grow. You know, we my website is growyourownvegetables.org, but you're not growing the vegetables. The, the plants are growing. They grow all by themselves. Yeah. It's just creating the right habitat. <laughs> Yay on that. So I'm going to shift on you. And as a returning guest, you are going to get the first time asked this question. I would like for you to share one of your most vivid childhood memories associated around food. Oh, this is so good. <laughs> so I love it. Check this out. <laughs> So when I was a kid, my mom had a garden in the back. Uh, I called it a little mini farm because it was pretty big. She was growing everything. She grew giant zucchinis that we used to make zucchini bread. And she had tons of peas on vines that I would go out and I would sit and I would eat right off the vine. But here's here's the kicker. We also had a little bramble of black raspberries that were sort of on the edge of the woods along the creek in our backyard. And I would go out there and I would harvest all the black raspberries and I would get all cut up. I would harvest all the black raspberries and I would eat them all myself. Nice. (laughs) And I wouldn't share them with the family. They were so amazingly delicious. And then I remember, you know, like my mom would say something like, man, you know, this is the craziest thing. The birds must be eating the black raspberries because there's never any on the vine. And then she took a look at me and my, you know, marked up arms and she's like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was that little girl who just loved being outside in the garden, loved the flavor of the garden. And I'm better at sharing now. I'm much better at sharing. <laughs> yeah. But at the time, I... That was what I did. I went out and I harvested and ate straight off the vine. Nice. You know, we have 
berries that grow pretty prolifically here in Phoenix. It's a particular kind of mulberry, mm. uh, the Pakistani mulberry, and they're very prolific for about five weeks. And what I noticed, the, I, I noticed this this morning when I was out near the chicken coop where one of our Pakistani mulberry trees is growing. When they first start arriving, it's like, oh my gosh, the berries are here. <laughs> and they are so incredibly prolific that about three or four weeks in, it's like, oh man, I got to go harvest more berries because there's so many of them. But what I noticed this morning is that the berries are done. And, and my thought this morning was, oh man, where's all my berries? Oh yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> you got to enjoy it while you can. Exactly. <laughs> So a new piece of advice for our listeners? The biggest piece of advice that I would give people is this is an opportunity. The Superfood Garden Summit is really an opportunity to tap into wisdom of people who've been there and done that. So I highly recommend coming, uh, hearing, hearing what people have to say. And when you do, there's going to be a lot of discussion there. There's going to be, we're going to talk about a lot of different kinds of vegetables and fruits and herbs. And so my recommendation is is to take one bit of the summit and take action on it. So mm, maybe it, maybe it, yeah. So maybe choosing one new plant to grow this year, maybe choosing one tip that you heard and, and implementing that, because you know our modern life is pretty busy, and nature is really the place that we learn to be more patient with ourselves and we kind of take time to unwind. And your garden can be that place. So. I would hate for your garden to be like a chore on your to-do list that you look at and you're like, oh, crap, I got to do all that stuff. So just taking one nugget from the summit and implementing it and then maybe going back for a second nugget. And that way you avoid any kind of overwhelm. And you also get the maximum learning from that one nugget and really dive in deep. Yeah. And, I, you know, I tell that to people all the time. Don't take on too much because when we take on too much, we blow ourselves out of the water and then we stop doing it. Yeah, it doesn't become fun anymore. It's like you resent it because it's your list of stuff to do is so long, you start to resent it. And the goal really is to just love on your garden because that's the best fertilizer in the world is your love of your plants. Yeah. That's what's going to make your garden thrive. Beautiful. It's coming up here in the next few weeks. Tell us when it is, how people find out about it. It's going to air online for free from July 17th to July 21st. We invite you to come check it out. We have just four four live days of amazing presentations and interaction uh, in the chat box. And we're also going to be doing prize giveaways from our sponsors. And so you also want to tune in live in order to win some of those prizes. Jump on urbanfarm.org forward slash superfood. And you'll be able to find out more about the summit and join us when it's happening live. One of the cool things about it also is that you've enrolled me. I'll be doing my presentation, but then I'm going to stick around for a while and answer questions live. That's my favorite part of the event, Greg. I love when you come on. It's magical. We get to we get to chat with people and find out what's on their minds. And you have this way of just livening the crowd. So I'd really appreciate it. We're going to have so much fun. Thank you. I, uh, uh, you might be able to hear it in my voice. I'm my smile. My smile is sore right now. (laughs) (laughs) I like it.
Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show today once again, Stacey. Thank you for having me. I appreciate all that you do. Yeah, absolutely. And right back at you. So you can find more about the Superfood Summit at urbanfarm.org forward slash superfood. We are your urban farming resource. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and everywhere podcasts are found. Also visit urbanfarm.org to find articles, webinars, courses, and more. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.